Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon Kelly, that's your full name. How are you? Forget my full name, Josh. I want to now be up throughout the throughout the month of December. I want to be mm-hmm. referred to as Festive Brandon. Okay. Um, okay. We're in the midst of the festive fixtures. I'm Festive mm-hmm. Brandon. Okay. Welcome to Always Cheating. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're having a bad FPL week. Maybe you're having a good FPL week. My job yeah. on this podcast is to be upbeat and high energy. Yeah. And I, like, likewise, I told you, you know, before we started recording, uh, I mean, both of us have had, you and I are both on a run of three consecutive, like, d- like deep red arrows, like whatever the yeah. red is that's so dark, it like turns black, you know, and it's yeah. like, a, you know, it's whatever, the, like blood red, uh, you know, it's, it's like so, the blood from yeah. a Frank Miller comic book. It is <laughs> yeah, just exactly. actual black ink. Yeah. Imagine like a Sin City cover, you know, and that's really what <laughs> yeah. we're, so, um, but, uh, I was, as I was saying to you before we started recording, I am now, I don't know if this is maturity or, or, or just getting older or what, but like I have now a like finite reserve of anger. I can still <laughs> very easily get very, very angry at fantasy and I can carry it with me and I can take it off me to shake off even when the matches are done, but I, I can't carry it for two days any longer. And so Saturday I was like really bummed out and really unhappy. And then this morning rolled around and nothing really went better. Uh, if anything, Kane just like made it so much worse because I was like, I, yeah. this is what a disaster. Um, and but I couldn't really bring myself to get angry. I was just like, whatever, you know, <laughs> I was like, this is just and even like recording like for the today's pod, I was like, well, I'm not going to come in angry because I don't I don't feel that way anymore. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sort of, you know, the thing I was thinking about, um, at least in my in my like personal case was that like it's just there's like a moment when you, um, so in my case, I at I was, I, I got up to seven K three weeks ago, right? Like a very, yeah. like if I, if you, like, you know, if you told me right now, I could like, just, I could have seven K as my finish the season. Like I would, I would take it. Right. Like that's just a great, like anything inside the top 10 K is just an awesome. Great. You're finish. getting like six months of your life back. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just done. Uh, and now, and I so I've had three consecutive, I went seven to 12 to 19 and I'm at 33 which is yeah. not bad, but it feels very bad because it's so hard to get up that high. And then you're like, God, it's like, it's like, you know, um, it's like that old price is right game, you know, where you had the mountain, you were climbing up the mountain, you had the <laughs> yeah. yodeling you want, yeah. you know, yeah. I remember yeah. the game. Yeah. And I feel like it's like, I just got there and now I like, I just got knocked down like three notches and yeah. I have to like find a way to like motivate myself to go up again, you know, on those notches. And, and it's just, you know, but, but what I was thinking about was that it's, it, it's, it's only really hugely frustrating if I think of it through the lens of like, I'm going to win FPL this year. Right. Mm-hmm. And from that lens, it's like, yeah, well, I probably not now, you know, like I, I wasn't going to before, but I could maybe got to trick myself for a minute or I was, you know, but if I think of it through the lens of, 
you know, all of the mini leagues I'm in, all of the, you know, the, like leagues with friends that I'm in, where, you know, some, some of them are cash leagues, some of them are just like fun leagues that we do. And in all of those, I mean, I've fallen, but I'm still within, you know, with 23 weeks left, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about leagues where it's 15, 20 points. I mean, that's like a, that's a game week's worth of rising and falling. And so it was good perspective. It just reminded me that, you know, like, you know, you, you don't want to always think of the macro when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? You don't yeah. want to think about your overall rank. You mean you, it's just not helpful or it doesn't make things more fun. You know, it's, it's more fun to think about all the various leagues you're in with your actual friends than like yeah. FPL writ large. I think that's right. It's, it's more fun to think about, uh, yeah, those mini leagues that you care about in the, in the near term, because your overall rank can easily sort itself out over the course of, a couple of months that's i think that's the difficult thing like josh you're talking about the ground that you lost is only going to be harder and harder to get back much like trench warfare Mm -hmm. and um but but even still uh festive brandon will tell you we've got a lot of a lot of game weeks that are about to come thick and fast we need like like an always cheating i want an always cheating christmas sweater and it just says festive brandon on (laughs) it and it's you and you've got like a party hat on or something like that or yeah actually you know what i like actually one of those you know those like those like little hats you know like the little tiny ones like little top hats that you you kind of wear like to the side of your head like a prison yard snitch hat like (laughs) Like homer simpson wore (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be a good look for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be a good look. I, I was just going to say, though, about the, uh, you know, sort of like looking forward. Um, for me, it's sometimes you get, you, you just get buried in thinking about how did I get here? If you had a run of bad weeks, you think, how did I get here? And you, you're, you're always looking backwards. And, you know, FPL is a game. And if if a game is going to be fun, it has to be fun to play. So to play, you have to look forward. So to right. enjoy the labor of clawing back that rank, to enjoy the yeah. labor of beating those mini league rivals, uh, yep. that's really what we have to think about this week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's right. I mean, it's just, it's just, you just have to, I mean, you know, in some ways, Brandon, you've unwittingly, unwittingly played right into the theme of this week's pod, right? Which is blank, right blank slate. It, yeah. yeah. Tabula rasa, blank slate. Theme we've been talking about this year, which is to look at players with fresh eyes and not think about what they've done when you've owned them three and a half seasons ago, what you know about their positioning and under Pep Guardiola or whatever. Like, (laughs) what are they doing right now? And, and, you know, of course, your past experience can inform things. I mean, especially if the airline stats are not telling you anything like it's. You know, it's like a, a player like we'll, we'll talk about him later on the pod, but a player like Bernardo Silva is really interesting, right? He, we have several years of kind of evidence what kind of player he is. He's also definitely playing further forward right now, but he also scored <laughs> yeah. two goals and 0.2 XG, right? And so it's like there's a lot yeah. of different ways to look at that, you know, and it's it sort of yeah. it, it does challenge you a little bit. And so the, I, but I think that's actually where the blank slate approach really helps because it's like, all right, like if I'm just like, you know, just starting fresh and thinking about this guy, you know, what do I know about his history? You know, you sort of like give yourself like a, like, okay, here's an example for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I um, was debating between Kane and Son a couple of weeks ago and uh, I went uh, Kane over Son, which was kind of like, you know, pretty catastrophic um, in terms of the kind of very, you know, I I moved Ronaldo out. Right. And so that, that like, 
not like, you know, not only did I miss his brace, but now I want to bring him back in. And so it was almost like I lost a transfer there. Um, Sun would have freed up 2 million, which would have made it easy for me to go to Jota a couple of game weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. without having, you know, without like ahead of um, at least his second kind of big, big return, mm-hmm. the late goal that he scored in midweek last week. Um, and, you know, I think the real reason that I didn't, I done that was at the end of last season, I had gone for Kane. I I'd gone for Sun over Kane down the stretch, and I felt like it cost me um, a little bit. Like I, I just cost me a couple spots in some of the leagues that I was in because Kane was really strong in the stretch, and Sun, Sun wasn't. And it feels like yeah. with those two, there's always kind of a. You'd think like because they play different positions, it would be easier to to split the difference. But it, it's so interesting with them. You know, it's, it feels like it's like you never. There's very rarely a moment when they're both the player to own, like where you want to have both of them. The beginning of last season, you had that a little bit, but in general, yeah. it's like when one is up, the other one is down, and it's it's yeah. hard to get it totally right. Yeah, and we all thought it it it, it goes into the tabula rasa blank slate with Kane. We thought we didn't need a blank slate because we already knew who he was. Forget right. the first couple of months of the season; that isn't right. the real Kane. Right. We know from seasons past who the real Kane is. Yeah. Scored um, like 20 so, goals in the international break, right? You know, like if he'd done, <laughs> sure. if he'd done nothing over the I, yeah. like the third international break, I don't know if I really would have considered him, but it was kind yeah. of hard to look past like the 10 goals he scored and be like, you know, and just be like, oh, that's that, that you just, just totally San Marino it because he's still scoring goals. You think that would give him some confidence? Well, yeah, right. It's it, whether it's Albania or San Marino, what we're talking about with Kane at that point was um, his his mentality and his yeah. his yeah. his form. Um, yeah. Some people may or may not like that word. Uh, so Kane. Kane, I think, was a, was a failure of tabula rasa where we maybe should have been blank slate. And it kind of goes hand in hand with Bernardo Silva, where um, yeah. we also thought we knew the story with him. Uh, but yeah. He, he, yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about Bernardo Silva, yeah. especially coming up. Exactly. So we'll actually make some kind of... Um, We'll, we'll issue some opinions uh, on Bernardo versus Gunnowen versus Foden and uh, Mason Mount, who I think is also uh, needs to be part of that conversation, too, um, especially because I'm not sure that Leeds have more than one healthy defender going into, yeah. uh, I guess, maybe two, if you include Alien, uh, going into next weekend. He's a half. And so I think that's alien really is one yeah, half. He's, he's one half. Exactly. I will allow your alien slander on this on this pod, you know. <laughs> OK, just this one. Yeah. Yeah. Just that one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, so we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in a minute. But just the, the point is, we all come into um, when it comes to these transfers, when it comes to uh, players that we think we know something about. We, we all have a lot of stuff, like a lot of junk that we bring to the table, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's, you know, is it wisdom or is it junk that's that's dragging you down? And I think in general, you are better off if you just look at the story of the season so far, right? And look at how these people are playing and not sort of bring all of that old junk to the table. In some ways, the prices of these players will tell you what you need to know. And, and, you know, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it, it sort of gives you a, a, a sense. I mean, yeah, like I, I, if this is your first season, I mean, cause you know, we're not going to like start off completely fresh, you know, it's not like we're just like going to come into it, like not knowing like how to like set up a formation or anything like that. But I think we'll come you, in you know, not knowing yeah. how to pronounce any of their names. Uh, that that's <laughs> it's still a sure. problem. It's still a problem. Uh, but I think, I think you and I have actually done this fairly successfully at times this year. I mean, neither of us were really five at the back people um, yeah. going into this season. And now, uh, 
and then now we were at least we were as a few yeah. weeks ago and now just I, in now, time for five at the back to uh to, to melt die. away <laughs> exactly and now five and five in the middle is the new uh yeah is the new thing being bandied about so we'll talk about that a little bit too so you know obviously we've got one more game week to go um I, you know, I mean, we talk, we'll talk more about the Kane stuff later. I don't really know what to say. I mean, I don't know if you watched um, any of that Spurs game, Brandon. It was, uh, it was. I mean, it's weird because they, they're actually yeah. winning. I, I'm looking at it th- totally through the lens of Kane, but they're like yeah. winning like all these matches. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Yeah, I did watch some of it, and I I actually was a little concerned about Spurs when Reguilon went down because the quality of their wingbacks at that point was just severely diminished. I don't really rate Tanganga that high as an attacking wing back. And then you've got Sessignon coming in who you know has yet to really find a place in that Spurs team since the Fulham move. And then yeah. um, Doherty is another um, oddball player for Spurs. But somehow they were able to push the ball far enough forward against Norwich to get um, Son and Lucas into those positions. So I like I'm feeling great if I'm a Spurs fan in real life. Yep. If I'm carrying Hungman's son, I also feel great. Yep. If I'm carrying Kane, um, I'm really looking forward to what the discussion is in this episode and how I will get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Let's talk about getting rid of him in a minute because uh, that that's that could like that's gonna like I. If I'm not careful, you know, that'll, that'll be 20 yeah. minutes. And so let's, let's, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll wait We'll wait and talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah. I don't really want to talk about my game week too much though, because I mean, really outside of, you know, um, outside of Trent and Mo, there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, I've got yeah. Damari Gray coming up the bench that I even Tony COVID thing was a massive bummer. And just, obviously there's no, um, you know, what, nothing to be said about that beyond that, but you know, it's a, a bummer for that match in particular, because I think he would have done it very well against that kind of decimated Leeds defense. And then he plays Watford on Friday, right. And he's going to miss that match too. And so it's like a real double ball. And now it's like, he's, he's, he has a, you know, um, it feels like a hole I've got to fill too, because yeah. I have Rafinha still and Rafinha plays Chelsea, Man City and mm-hmm. Liverpool in three of their next four. I mean, it's not, I don't mind starting him. Like I think like, I'm not even sure it's the biggest problem in my team, but instead of maybe turning him into a fun player, I'm like, do, do I have to solve this Tony problem first, you know? And so it's kind yeah. of a tricky spot. Yeah, I, I, I'm not doing much better. I'm on 35 points right now with Livramento coming in for Tony uh Vardy started on the bench for a one-pointer I held on to Antonio for his assist so mm-hmm. thumbs up Reese James with the zero pointer um yeah. Mendy with one like you Josh it was just all down to my Liverpool players uh thank goodness neither of us took the bait on the Diogo Jota captaincy because that would have probably been it was hard enough watching Jota on the pitch against Wolves after that uh, goal line clearance by Cody. It was hard enough watching Jota and just thinking about what was going on in his brain um, for the next <laughs> yeah. like 15 minutes while he was yeah. on the pitch. Cause I don't yeah. understand why he wasn't just like keeled over throwing up from um, uh, not embarrassment, but just regret. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a professional. These things happen. You've got to move <laughs> yeah. on. You've got to gut sure. it out. Sure. Um, but so I, I kind of, I was kind of like feeling worse for Jota than I was for my poor old fantasy team. Yeah. It was really, um, I just kind of, a. I don't know. I don't know if he was like a little, uh, cause he missed a big chance on a, a Trent cross too in the first half. Um, right. Like on the header of, that went just wide of the post. 
Yeah, which I feel like if he's not playing his old club, you know, I mean, it's like maybe it's always foolish to read it in the psychology of these guys. But I mean, you know, he was like a, you know, he helped Wolves come up, right? I mean, it's like he must be yeah. like a little uh, more keyed up. Right for, yeah. for oh that yeah match, definitely you know, definitely and and you 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 cruise into the box with full possession of the ball. The goalkeeper is is many yards behind you, and all you have to do is pick your spot to get but it done. But then you look up in the stands, Brandon, and you see that that old lady who served you tea at the at the nearby restaurant, and you get distracted. So yeah. all eyes here are on uh, Everton Arsenal because I've got Ben yeah. White and Saka when you've got Ramsdale and and Damari Gray. So let's let's yeah. see where the chips fall. I mean, either any way yep. you slice it, I'm not mm-hmm. getting a green arrow. It's just not happening. I'm down 90k no. this week. Are you really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, it's so interesting. Like I don't know how I didn't. I, I I think it's because when you get to like um, in that top range, like your team is very similar to everybody else or something like that. But I don't know how I've only fallen 10k. Like, cause I feel mm-hmm. like my, my game week is equally crud. I'm on 36 points out of your 35. So it must be that one point that's making the, that's yeah, a, it's just like the, the teams are so, <laughs> the teams are so tightly packed, uh, yeah. just like through the top million, I'm sure that yeah. five, yeah. 10 points is just, yeah. uh, is a cascading effect. That's true. And if you can fall 90, it means you can rise 90 in the next yep. yeah. game week, you know, precisely. So. And you've got two transfers too, right? I do, yeah. So I, I opted to just roll with Vardy, who I guess we couldn't have been too surprised that he got rotated given yeah. uh, Rogers's comments. And um, I mean, I'm kind of encouraged that he was rested ahead of the Newcastle fixture this coming yeah. weekend because yeah. that is it's a great fixture. Yep, it's a good one. Um, but the the Tony. The Tony COVID kind of screws up what I initially wanted to do with my two freeze, which was to dump both Ben Rama and Saka. So yeah, now it looks like um, I may just use one free transfer to fix the Tony issue and then come back to what to do with these with these new form attacking midfielders in game week 17. Interesting. You couldn't yeah. turn like tony into dennis and then use that million to turn ben rama into bernardo silva or something no like that. i'm like i'm like point two short of that uh, uh, i mean okay it, oh i think we actually talked about this <laughs> yeah we <laughs> talked we covered this we last, Nets night. Game yet last night yeah <laughs> i've never seen a player drop in price so quickly as saeed ben rama i mean we we saw the writing on the wall it shouldn't be a surprise but you know had yeah had all of this sort of come to pass two game weeks ago, I could have <laughs> afforded it with with change in my pockets. But now I'm in a situation yeah. where. But I do truly believe what the FPL General says is just, regardless of price, there's always a way to to do it. And yeah. maybe there maybe there isn't always a way to get exactly the two players that you want, but there yep. is always a way to solve the problem and get at least one of the players that you want. So I'm not sweating it too much. Yeah, uh, I I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah, and Bomo might even be an option now too, right? Because oh yeah, he's going to be playing farthest forward. Yeah, exactly. And he he looked pretty. He got it. Finally, got an attacking return. Picked up an assist, and <laughs> yeah. and looked pretty dangerous. I feel like yeah. um, it was like Wolves were not. I mean, Leeds were not defending well until he had the ball, and suddenly they turned into like AC Milan, you know, mm-hmm. circa two thousand three or something like that. It was like a you know totally different, uh, totally different side. So it was. Um, 
anyway, so let's 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 you know that's enough recap. Let's move on to the always cheating Super League. Obviously, we have one more match to go tomorrow, but let's let's just see where we are as of today. Yeah. Okay, this is a snapshot, Brandon. Yeah. Um, and you can see the widespread of points already. I mean, this is a week where, you, you know, I mean, there's someone in this league who has 80 points. And I think, you know, if you, if you had sort of got it just right, let's say you had, um, you had Bernard, maybe you had two men, men city midfielders and son, um, that, you know, that, that would probably get you there with, with, you know, when you include solace points and trends and things like that. So, um, yeah. So anyway, let's read out this top 10 now. It's actually 11 because we got a two way tie for 10th. Um, 11th is Ryan Quinn, Brennan, also an always cheating patron. In 10th is Avinash Jocktop. In 9th is Munda Jr. In 7th is Hendrik Metzen. In 6th, actually tied in 7th, is Daniel Mind. In 6th is Tor Hegna. In 5th is Ben Einav. In 4th is Halid Music. In 3rd, Matt Alone. In 2nd is Stuart Dudley. And in 1st is Daniel Mason Abraham. And Daniel Mason Abraham still clinging on to number one overall in the world, despite 40 points. So just as you're saying, Josh, a widespread of points, how big of an impact does it make? It really just kind of comes down to how well people on either side of you in the world did. So yep. um, Daniel's lead, though, in the world is, is now down to just two points. So things are getting quite exciting. Oh, if you want to join wow. the Super League, Go to alwayscheating.com. There's a there's the lead code there and a link to auto join. And uh, while we're talking about uh, uh, managers to celebrate, let's move to Patreon real quick and congratulate Paul Parsons, our Patreon member who won the month of November and is our Dean's List Manager of the Month. Congratulations, Paul. You're always cheating. Make fantasy fun again. T-shirt is in the mail. But Josh, December is Patreon Pledge Month. What does that mean exactly? Well, uh, much like NPR, Brandon, we try not to push people to support the pod very often. Uh, I know that drives people crazy, and there's a lot of people uh, asking you for stuff. You have Patreon and a million other things out there right now. Um, it's you know this is this is the economy we live in now, Brandon. You know, so uh, <laughs> if you got some kind of Christmas bonus, or you're just feeling like you're in the holiday spirit and you want to support the pod, this is a month when we will recommend you do that and uh you get access to we'll be doing bonus pods so you and i were actually talking last night about our our schedule for the holidays um i have i have done a like christmas eve or boxing day mm-hmm. patreon pod um multiple years in a row it's kind of you know it seems like it's hard to do and then it's like 8 30 and everybody's asleep and exhausted and you're like oh i can just pop my computer for um so you know we'll, we'll be doing content throughout the throughout the holidays obviously into the new year as well you know this is that is to say you know custom content for our patreon supporters uh and obviously the slack is is active i i got a nice little boost of support from um the slack uh on saturday which was helpful i just uh mm. i was i was creaming off the edge a little bit and they helped to Pull me back, Brandon, you know, yeah. from my uh, bout of immaturity. So that was that was useful. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so you get the week interview newsletter and lots of other stuff as well. Um, so uh, just a quick shout out to our newest patrons, Sam Karch and Edwin Williams. So if you want to support the pod, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Let's take a break and we'll get back and talk about some blank slate players. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Today's topic is blank slate reconsidering the FPL assets we've ignored. I think we're in an interesting moment right now because, as we said at the start of the pod, the the really big at the back doesn't seem to be working. I I think you could argue that. Being big at the back would work if you are allowed to have two Liverpool defenders. But at the moment, with Jota in such great form and under eight million, it's really hard not to have him. And then, of course, Salah and Trent are are almost um, uh, unquestionable in, in in any fantasy team, right? Because they're just they've just been so good and so consistent this year. Um, but it feels like in some ways we're moving away from the four at the back, and we have this moment now where the teams that have the best fixtures right now over the next three weeks are. In my opinion, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Chelsea. Yeah, so the, be- yeah. the best four teams have the best run of fixtures. How do we get them all in? And I think that's really that's really the difficult question. And so uh, I, I don't know. What do you think about what's happening? Like, what have we seen the last couple of weeks that maybe surprised you? I mean, both of us obviously had a couple of red arrows. And so where do you think that um, maybe things didn't go right for you or that you maybe, um, I don't know, just didn't see coming? Well, I, I guess what I didn't see coming is uh, Chelsea struggling a bit defensively like they had the last yeah. two game weeks. And we had come to to just like be so reliant upon both attacking and clean sheet returns from Chelsea. That was a little yeah. bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, and and then I think um, Manchester City really emerging as um, as a force. Uh, they yeah. cl- clearly one of the best teams in the league. We don't really need to to um discuss that but um i think the last couple of weeks were like oh right yeah if you were not invested in manchester city apart from Cancelo, now is exactly the time to uh to address that so when i'm thinking about these top four teams you mentioned manchester united city chelsea and liverpool i'm trying to kind of divide them up into uh, like am i do a Per each of those teams, do I want to be invested in the front or in the back? What is mm-hmm. the priority? Like Chelsea, yeah, they, they, they're str- right. You got to go at the back. They're struggling to score goals. Uh, Manchester United, I think what what I'm curious to see, and I think you brought this up last week, is will there come a time in the next couple of game weeks where Manchester United is also a defensive investment for fantasy? But right now, it just seems like do you or do you not get in? 
Ronaldo is the question there. And then Man City and Liverpool, it's more complicated because they have enticing assets in the front and the back. And I think what makes it even more complicated with with all four of these clubs are these. Those are the four clubs that are in the Champions League this week yeah. as well. And so yeah. I was taking a quick look while you're talking there, just to see when everybody plays. And um, Man City plays Leipzig on Tuesday. Uh, Liverpool play Milan on Tuesday. Home or away? And, can Can you give me home or away on those matches? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Man City are away uh, when they play okay. Leipzig. As as are as are Liverpool actually. They're they're both away. Interestingly, okay. so. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of, you know, I mean, in Liverpool's case, they are, they are free and clear and they're, yeah. they're, you know, um, they're ahead. I was curious though, in the table for Man City, um, yeah, and Man City are, uh, they're clear as well. They're four points clear of PSG now. So in, in, in neither case, do you, do the teams need to field a yeah. full strength squad? Now that didn't stop Man City or, you know, Liverpool a couple weeks ago from playing Salah and, Mane 70 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not clear to me that we're going to, and this happened last year with, with as well. Um, so it's not clear to me, you know, what kind of team he's going to put out there for what could be a difficult, although um, uh, Leipzig just fired their manager. So I don't really, you know, it's kind of a weird, Oh, actually no, geez, it's we're talking about Milan. Sorry. I got like, like five tabs going here, Brendan. I'm like, I'm like that, like, <laughs> I'm like that gif of uh, Charlie from it's always sunny. Yeah. You're trying there, like, to make all the, in. all the connections. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Forgive me. Forgive me. So all right, let, 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 yeah. let's back it up. Let's, we're just trying to figure yep. out uh, of these four teams who are in the champions league. Is anyone uh, subject highly subject to rotation because of a must win match midweek? Right. Right. And so we have uh, on Wednesday, Chelsea, um, are at Zenit and kind of every okay. Man United, Man United are home. They we have one home team out of the four uh, for for the final round of fixtures. They play Young Boys at home, and let's see. Man United are three points clear of Villarreal. So uh, and the goal difference is only uh, one. So I yeah. think that Villarreal, and although they actually beat Villarreal in both their matches, and I think with the Champions League, if you are tied but you won both the head to heads, then you. Yeah are the leader of the group. So I don't, I think Man United may, may, this might be like a dead rubber for them as well, but they have the new manager. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's possible that they feel the stronger side just as, as he sort of tries to figure out, you know, what's, what's going to work with the Sure. Club. They treat it, treat it a bit like a training session just to get their tactics yeah. down in a real competitive match. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. And then Chelsea finally is is the one that actually does have uh, a, this is like a little mini champions like preview here for you, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea is the team that, that actually do have some proper stakes because they are uh, tied on points with Juve. And yeah. so they are in, you know, so in their way at Zena, which, which could be a, you know, tricky match possibly. And, um, and so they may have to field a stronger side. The only reason I bring all this up is that I, you know, a lot of these players are going to be starting to rise in price. I mean, I think Mount, as we record this pod has just risen in price. A lot of, you know, Bernardo, we might see multiple price rises and multiple price drops, right? You were talking about the, the Ben Rama drops. And, you know, I think that we could see Ivan Tony drop. And so it's, it's a really tricky thing. And so what do you think about making transfers today or tomorrow ahead of two days of champions league matches? I don't love it. I mean, if, if your move is going to be Ivan Tony to Emmanuel Denny on Watford, then sure. Go ahead and do that. I don't think there's, there's going to be too much trouble with midweek news for those teams. Sure. But if you're targeting a Manchester city mid, I'm, I, I just genuinely want to see what the lineup is. I'm, it's less yeah. that I'm um, that I'm looking to see whose form continues into the Champions League. It's like who's yeah. do who could we possibly deem do arrest? Uh, so 
yeah, that that's the bigger thing for me um, with, with Mason Mountain Bernardo. I I totally agree. And in the in the thing that makes things more complicated is we're not just talking about them playing um, at midweek and then again at the weekend. Next week, you have another midweek round of Premier yeah. League fixtures. So yeah. you're going to run right into what is, you know, effectively like five, you know, it's a five matches in three weeks for the, for these clubs, you know, yeah. just a lot of, and actually six, because there's champions like the before. So you just have like a ton of different matches that a lot of, like, it's just a lot of, I mean, I, you know, I think Salah's played every single one of these matches so far at some point. I would be great if tomorrow was the day that he got his or Tuesday was the day he got his rest. We'll see. I mean, the guy never really wants to rest. And I, I've heard some talk that there's, you know, until he leaves for the African Cup of Nations, they're just going to kind of keep hmm. playing him. I, I don't really know if I totally buy that because you don't just rest a guy for the for March. You rest them because they're wiped out and you want them to look mm-hmm. good in the following match. So I think that um there's a there's a reasonable chance that Salah does get rested on 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 Tuesday. It would really make a difference anyway. I don't I don't think I have the courage to not captain Salah at the moment. No, he's he's had one blank, one this entire yeah. season and his his uh, assist to Arigi is one of the uh great assists that FPL managers would celebrate like it was a goal. It was, uh, it was a great moment too. I I it's funny. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I was I like celebrated that. It was such a cool, you know, yeah. dramatic. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Wolves yeah. Wolves needed and much richly deserved to lose that match uh, <laughs> the way they played. And, they had um, nothing I going mean, forward. Liverpool really I mean, it, Liverpool should put them to the sword earlier in that match what, yeah what i think, I think they drama? defended they, they defended well but it was such a it was such a defensive performance right there was really yeah. it was like defend well and then occasionally let a, a dama Traore try to make something happen right on the break and that was that was kind of the yeah. whole it was very it was very similar to what uh but they look like under Nuno, right? It was kind of the same, yeah. same style. Yeah, yeah. That uh, and like going back to uh, Manchester City, just watching them uh, play Watford this weekend, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I guess Bernardo Silva is playing in the number nine. This is this is really kind of incredible. We've really come all the way with Bernardo, and then a couple minutes yeah. later, I'm like. Mm. I guess Jack Grealish is the number nine. Oh, wait, it's Phil Foden. They were like doing like a three-man weave there. It was so yeah. fluid. And yeah. I think I think that that's going to get us um, – I want to talk about that a little bit when we get into the uh, is Gundogan even in the conversation discussion. Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking at the heat maps for Gundogan and, and Bernardo uh, before this. I actually dropped him into the – running order brennan so you can get a little peek yourself Ooh, there okay, okay um but it's it's yeah it's pretty pretty interesting and so um yeah before we get to that though um shiv just sort of in the on the theme of you know what's what's the story right now um and you know what are we what's the story of the season at this moment right the story is yeah. i mean that changes all the time uh and you have to be ready to adapt right that's how, part of this whole blank slate approach is not sticking around too long. i feel like and i was you know i, I to, personally after these three red arrows, I mean, you, you can sometimes, you know, you, you can take a little bit of bad luck and, and turn it into um, and you can kind of get over your head and, and start making crazy moves and, and like, you know, and sort of lose your confidence a little bit. I mean, right. I think for me, the concern I have is that I feel like I'm not being creative enough in my transfers that I, mm-hmm. I I've just been very, very kind of template. You know, it's like, all right, I've got, uh, you know a 6 million spot to fill. All right, I'm going to get Connor Gallagher. You know, it's like, it's like, I feel like all I'm doing right now is grabbing the guy who scored points like yeah. the week before. And, um, and it just doesn't feel like I'm, I'm looking forward enough. And so that's when I'm trying to yeah. kind of change my brain going into that. Another way to think about it too, is like, you're, you're trying to plug a square hole with a square peg 
as mm-hmm. and I think another way to think about FPL management is you don't av- always have to do the like for like. Right. If you've got a problem right. with Gallagher, you don't need another mid, you know, lower mid price mid. Maybe you need maybe you need Phil Foden, and you yeah. need to figure out how to make that work. And that's harder. Um, that's harder management in the middle of a busy week where you're trying to live your life. Uh, But I think that's why we're seeing a lot of managers rise right now is they figured out how to make it work to get those players that they wanted, not necessarily the players that fit the particular vacancy that they had going into a deadline. I agree. I mean, if I weren't such a family man, I would, I'd be on three (laughs) green arrows in a row. Yeah. Right. uh, right, That's, that's, that's my, that's my cross to bear. I I think that, um, you know, Shiv's question about where do we put our money? uh, says huge of the back seems dead and the forwards are doing nothing. I really think that this that that I would consider I have not typically been a five across the middle manager, but I think there's a real logic to it right now. I think there's you could really make an argument. MG has this this question about who are the best budget mids at the moment. Uh, he says Jota, Bernardo, Foden, Mount, Bowen, all providing points. Um, and yeah, I mean, you kind of look at that and you think about Chelsea having a really nice run. Uh, Man United, a little trickier. I'm not going to talk myself into Fred. I promise you that's not going to happen. Uh, okay. But, but you know, Man United are a little tricky because their forwards are a little more expensive. Uh, you know, I guess that Sancho's price still hasn't fallen quite enough for me to consider him. I, I need that to fall like another 1.5 million before I'm really there. But, um, you know, I mean, Mason Mount is playing awesome and the Chelsea have a great run of fixtures. Jota is almost like just like a given, like he's just in your squad, right? So yeah. you basically are talking about Jota and Salah who are just in there. And then yeah. you've got three spots. Maybe it's two if you um you know, if you if you don't want to play five across the middle, right? You don't want to you know, I, I'm not gonna bring in a seven million Bernardo Silver as like an auxiliary bench player. It's just not, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, the best use of your of your money. Like rotation doesn't happen that much. Mm-hmm. Um, although, yeah, I worry a little bit about the COVID stuff now too. If that's if we're going to start seeing just because you know, winter and cold weather places, you tend to see some some rises, and so uh, maybe that is something we need to be a little more conscious of. Is just having at least playing players. Like if you're sort of taking that fix your weakest link approach, and you've and actually you know it's actually very interesting to think about because that you know through that lens solving the ivan tony problem would be the biggest issue right because part of me is like maybe i just throw tony on the bench for a couple weeks and then i i have him you know when when he returns but uh if if another player gets it you know Mm -hmm. uh then i'm i could really be screwed if we see some rotation you know this this is why josh brownhill is going nowhere for me josh brownhill stays um, Brown Hill State. Yes, yeah, Sissoko for me as well. Picked up an assist last week. He might yeah. end up starting my team this weekend. Like, who knows? Um, so, you know, the, the question about, I mean, we just had a lot of questions about Man City midfielders. And the question about Silva and Gundogan, it's sort of interesting. I was talking about the heat map a minute ago, and I think it's its interesting to, to look at these. I, I just looked at the last six weeks because I thought that was kind of instructive. That was really mm-hmm. when um, uh, Grealish and Foden were, were battling some injuries, and it was really the, the Gundo-Bernardo show, which it still was mm-hmm. um, yesterday. I mean, Grealish couldn't do anything right, unfortunately. He just had a really tough, tough match. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like he didn't finish well, like, uh, you know, whether, whether, sure. that, you know, whether that means he played poorly or not. Right. Yeah. And he did the Jota hold my beer, uh, segment <laughs> of the premier league yeah. action. Like yeah. you thought yeah. one, um, horrendous miss was something. Watch me do four 
or five of them. Who yeah, is going to play yeah. more inside their own head? Is it going to be Jota or Grealish? <laughs> yeah. And Grealish, is, it does feel like he's pressing a little bit and maybe trying to impress a little bit. So, but anyway, just on, on the, so to me, I think it's, is you look at the heathens for Silva and Gundogan and Silva is very much in that Riyad Mahrez territory, like mm-hmm. just really occupying that right flank. It's no surprise given where he scored a lot of his goals and uh, you know, the goal that he scored on the uh, Kinsella assist, right. And the, the Manchester Derby is a goal that comes yeah. to mind immediately, right. Him sort of on that right flank and then sneaking in um, to the post. And he's, he's just yeah. such a creative, you know, like interesting he's a very interesting player like he's the kind of guy who will just randomly get in previous seasons he would just randomly get a hat trick like six weeks in i remember uh uh nick wright our longtime uh producer patron like he like was convinced you know he's a very data forward fpl manager and he was just convinced that it was bernardo's time and he sort of stuck with bernardo through thick and thin and so bernardo has traditionally been a player who looks like he should be doing more from an fpl's perspective has really done it um Gundawan, meanwhile, is occupying a lot of the left flank, um, which is the thing that concerns me a little bit because he was a lot of that would happen without Grealish there, which is where Grealish and Sterling um, can occupy a lot of space. And so I wonder and Foden. Right. Exactly. So (laughs) Grealish, Foden and Sterling are all kind of in that spot where Gundawan has been thriving the last few weeks. And so I would expect him to move a little further backwards. with those guys all healthy now, you know, and maybe not. Be you're, wait, you're expecting Gundawan to move farther backwards or, or Silva? I, I, well, I mean, I, they could both, but I think that okay. Gundawan is the one who I would expect to just drop a little bit deeper yeah. and yep. in front of, yeah. in front of Rodri. Uh, yeah. Bernardo, I think has been playing, is playing so well at the moment that I, I think that he's kind of owning that, that right blank spot. Yeah. The exciting thing for Foden, uh, not for Foden, the exciting thing for Bernardo Silva too, and I pulled up just just the match stats for um, Silva versus Foden against Watford. So we're talking about one single match yep. where Bernardo just blows Foden out of the water is the number of touches, like 80 touches mm-hmm. for Bernardo Silva to 62 for uh, for Foden and Silva is yeah. turning all of these touches into successful dribbles, successful take-ons, and he he is just on the ball so much yeah. more than these other Man City midfielders that are competing for our FPL attention. And I feel like that is just that's improving your odds of of your of your fantasy player being involved in attacking points. The more they are on the ball, so this yep. is something that I feel like what we the the reputation that bernardo silva has had in fpl is sure he's a really great dribbler often on the ball and helping the team but he never is involved in those those final moments that convert to fpl points well i think we have to tip our hat to nick wright because uh now it's all coming (laughs) it's all coming together probably probably by virtue of like this is what happened with Gundogan last season is like nobody believed that Gundogan was going to replace Kevin De Bruyne and get all of the FPL points, but he did. Right. And right. Uh, it was pretty easy for us to come around to that. So I, it should be yeah. just as easy, uh, if not doubly easy for us to come around on Bernardo. Also, and I, I actually thought you were, you're about to go this way, but I think the other thing about last season is that you had, um, um, you had uh, Sergio Aguero, right? You had a you had a forward, right. like a proper forward, and, and you had Jesus yeah. playing as a forward. Uh, and Jesus is all over the place at this point. Every every flank and sometimes centrally, and you know, it's a very on the bench. Hard, 
and on the bench often as well, right? I mean, he's missed a, a lot of matches. I mean, he's been benched one, two, three. I think it's four times already this season. So, um, you know, quite a lot. And four out of 15 for your, your ostensibly only forward. And so I think without a forward, it does probably change the way we have to look at all of these midfielders, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think, but I think Bernard in particular, I mean, he's, he's like, he's only 7.5 million, right? So he's, he's, he's still extremely cheap and he's in great form and they have this amazing run of fixture. I mean, just to quickly tell everybody, um, you know, it's Wolves at home. This Saturday, Leeds at home with the fo- on Tuesday, Newcastle away on the following Sunday, Leicester at home. But Leicester are just like shipping goals right now. Um, and a, a question for another patron about and- um, Andrew Sigal about whether we should be targeting Leicester's defense right now in matches, and it kind of kind of feels that way. Uh, and then Brentford away in uh, game week twenty. So it's it's it you know it's a great run that you know it kind of makes me worried. Like it's such a good run that we're definitely going to see some rotation out of that squad, but it kind of doesn't matter. You just have to, you know, hope that they start four to five or something. Zinchenko is the guy to get Josh. Yeah, exactly. Just get, yeah, exactly. Just, just be prepared. Keep, keep Zinchenko (laughs) there, you know, put him in your back pocket, dust him off, you know, when you, when you need him. So I'm very much on the Bernardo train. I mean, Foden, I, I find appealing, but it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it just feels like he's not quite as essential to the lineup as Bernardo. And so I think we could see, I mean, Foden is a great player. And so I don't mean to, they're all great. Players. Everyone in Man all the players we're talking about are fantastic players. Gunda Wan too. Uh, but I think that he, it seems like he, there's a, a like a stronger likelihood that he kind of misses some matches uh, over the next few weeks. And he's, and he's point, you know, 0.6 more expensive than Bernardo. And I'm not, I'm just not sure you're getting 0.6 more out of Foden right now than you are from Bernardo. Yeah, if you take my same comparison I was doing with Foden and Bernardo just for this game week that's passed, and I do the same with Bernardo versus Mason Mount, Mason mm-hmm. Mount is right up there, if not exceeding uh, Bernardo's level of of touches, especially uh, touches in the opponent's half and passes received. So Mason Mount has to be... Uh, considered even above Bernardo Silva at this point for when he is playing for Chelsea. Uh, He is as involved as anybody in the attack. Now, I think the question for Mason Mount is what I kind of brought up earlier is how I'm prioritizing defense versus attack. And Chelsea, they're just not going to score a lot of goals, it seems, over the course of the next month. So if I've got a place in my attack, I would definitely favor a Man City midfielder over Mason Mount because I'm just going to focus on investing in the, in the Chelsea defense. And that City defense is like, you cannot trust them. There is some woeful mistake every match that they're going to make. It's insane. Yeah. What were you saying last night about, about Pep and he, you just don't think he cares about clean sheets, right? I don't like, think he, yeah, I think I heard something that like he, somebody suggested uh, practicing like tag, defensive tackling and he he i don't know if he like promptly fired that person who brought that up <laughs> but he he is like 100 percent not interested in um which is interesting because all of the pressing is how can we break up the play and tackle the ball away from the opposition but um yeah. i don't think if if city win 5-2 he's happy he's as yeah. happy as if they went 5-0 i don't think he gives a crap about clean sheets yeah so yeah. So, I mean, I think that some of us will be in a spot where we, we can only get 
one of Mount, one of Bernardo, one of Gunduan. I suppose uh, Jared Bowen can be part of this conversation as well, although he's cheap enough that there, I think there are other routes to get him they're, they're like, it's easier to, to solve the, the Bowen problem. You, you know, like, like Yasaka, Ben Rama, um, Damari Gray, like those players all turn into Bowen fairly easily if you yeah. need him. I don't feel like you do, honestly, still. I, I don't, I just don't totally trust. I mean, I know he had a great match against, against Chelsea. I had a goal and an assist and, and could have had even more, right? I mean, Antonio uh, yeah. served him a great ball on a platter. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, he actually, I, I don't want to blame him too much for that because he was basically a full speed, right. And just kind of couldn't quite get there in time. I think the thing with Bowen and what's so appealing about him, if you compare him to other West Ham midfielders, like Ben Rama, like Bowen is just ceaselessly positive. He is always pushing forward. He has that. Yeah. He seems to have that killer instinct that uh, you, you look for in, in others and yeah. uh, you, you you see it most with Jared Bowen. So I, I think he's appealing for that. But I, I tend to agree he's not a priority. If you do get him in, I don't think it's a bad move. But I wouldn't be expecting consistent returns from him. So if I was to rank these, Jota, Bernardo, Mount, Foden, Gundogan, Bowen. I think that would be my order. Yep, that tracks with our conversation. I have no uh, changes to submit, uh, says Festive <laughs> Brandon. I would consider Bowen over Gundo, right? Uh, because mostly because you'd save one point whatever million, and that could be yeah. a um, that money can be reinvested in other spots. Like, I mean, with the Tony situation, right? Like, with another million in a couple of weeks, you could turn Tony into Patrick Bamford. And that could be very useful. Or you know? preferably Ollie Watkins. I'd go for the better Watkins. team in that scenario. Sure, sure. Um, um, we so love you, Patrick. Leeds this year, Brandon. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Tabula Rasa. I thought Leeds were great last season, and I'm trying to do, go a clean slate. I think they're terrible this season. Every, yeah, you're always playing Don't Let Me Down loudly on the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the speakers right, when we, right. we log on. I think that's that's a good adjustment. Bowen gets ahead of Gunduan um, by rights. Final question from just Gabriel in this midfield section. He says, are Bowen and Antonio's returns inversely related? Do you expect the returns to revert back to Antonio in the upcoming fixtures? Is having both viable? I don't know. Wow. I, 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 stumped. Think, <laughs> I am stumped. Uh, I guess it's if, if the question is if it's viable, I, I suppose it is. Is it uh, preferable? I don't think so. What's what's curious about the the turn for Antonio is he has reverted to what we have seen from all number nines in the Premier League this season. He has gone from, hey, my job is to score goals to now, hey, we've been watching Olivier Giroud highlights for the last few months and my job is to play with my back to goal and lay it yeah. off to all of the the wing backs. I mean, maybe like it's like it's overdue, right? I mean, Olivier Giroud won a world cup doing that right like they, they <laughs> yeah. like they like crushed it right like they're like yeah. you know like where they, they breeze through a world cup where they just had a big yeah. guy up front who was really smart and and played in all his wonderful midfielders you know and so maybe it was kind of inevitable that this would this would be more of a I, you know pep has been getting there but he was still traditionally playing with at least one central forward whose job was to score goals you know i mean yeah, especially yeah. especially aguero so so yeah but, but I, I think you're right yeah and it's, but having said that, I do think Antonio is enough for me. Um, yeah. 
until we see like West Ham do have it in them to become a consistent or scoring two goals a game type of team like we've seen mm-hmm. it this season but uh i i feel like you know if you've got all these fixtures to play as well you can't just be going so hard for 90 minutes in like one tactical attack um they're going to have to do some energy comfort conservation i don't know what that means for antonio's minutes because they do not have another number nine in that squad as far as i yeah yeah i mean they were kind of like arresting him during the european matches right but um yeah now like with all these festive fixtures it feels like although he looked great and yeah. the, the chelsea match, he, he looked better than he had no in a while so i, I you know i mean it's just incredible that they have, they have three two that they have three excuse me they have two wins three two over two of the top teams in the league in these home matches i mean they really are um um they're just they're they, you know it's actually you know getting back to the kind of like having fun with fantasy. I mean, the other thing I, I was kind of annoyed at myself after that morning match because I found myself being very grumpy because my, uh, my double up for Chelsea did not work out. And I felt like it sort of blinded me to what was a really interesting match that had a, a kind yeah. of spectacular. I mean, obviously it was a cross, but just like that, have that kind of yeah. flu crazy moment. Yeah. Um, it was exciting and interesting, you know, it, it, the very, whether you want to, whether you want to call it good or bad or not, it was definitely exciting and fun. Yes. And it's the kind of like, I, like I didn't, I didn't start playing fantasy sports and then become a fan of the premier league. I, be, I was a fan of the premier league. And yeah. then I started doing fantasy sports because it sort of supplemented that. And I really do not want to go through the holidays this year, being so obsessed with my fantasy team that I don't enjoy fun moments like like west ham beating the best teams in the premier league all the time this year it's just so cool you know it's really it's really awesome i mean i you know, i don't think they're going to win the league or anything like that but they're they're hanging in there you know i mean they're yeah. above spurs and man united and arsenal on the table so it's yeah. it's awesome yeah yeah all right let's move let's switch gears to manchester united and answer a few questions here and, and get a read on our thoughts like what okay so first match under ragnick uh, it was nice to see Mason Greenwood uh, back on mm-hmm. the pitch, but uh, you know he started with Ronaldo, who we we weren't even sure was going to be fit to play. Right. Um, but he, he clearly Ragnetic is saying, "I'm going to put some faith in, in you up top." John, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? What were what were your uh, takeaways from Man United's one nil win today? Well, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I think that Dallow is the one that I'm sort of, I mean, the, the defense in general, I'm sort of like, okay, are, like, do we have to think about this again? You know, mm-hmm. like it, it never really made sense. That they were quite as poor as they were. And I think it, it probably came down to structure, right? And, and yeah. a lack of it, you know, and that if you just give people clear roles and a little more structure. I mean, like, you know, like Wambasaka, who, who Dallow has kind of displaced, at least for the moment, is a great recovery. I mean, he's just a great, he's a great defender, you know, in some ways, but it's also like, it's sort of all he's doing, right? And then it's sort of like when he gets, when he gets the ball, uh, you know, going, moving down the pitch, it's like, it's sort of, it's never clear that he like had a plan or like a remit, you know, like what he was supposed yeah. to do when he got down there. Yeah. And so, um, and so, and it's not surprising that, that Dallas has been able to, you know, fill in there. And I wonder, it was only 4.4 million, by the way. So that's like a, yeah. a full on like Levermento replacement, uh, player to, to consider. Um, I mean, as far as the midfield goes, as far as Ronaldo goes, I mean, I, I really do want Ronaldo back. I mean, they play 
Norwich this weekend, you know, yeah. it's, and so this goes back to the champions league thing for me too, because what I would ideally do is fix as not take a hit, fix the Tony problem, like grit my teeth and, and keep Kane who's playing a Brighton team that may not have a healthy center back this, this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and not go for Ronaldo until the, like the midweek matches, but it's it's nerve wracking because I I could just so easily move straight from straight from Kane to Ronaldo right I could just do it as we're talking right now I have all the yeah. I've got I've got this big forward spot right there and it's you know it's pretty easy to I you know I could just I could just take care of that but it doesn't really solve the other bigger problems right now which is that I have Rafinha away to Chelsea and I have Tony not in my lineup right now well let me put it this way are those big enough problems. Sure. The, the, the strategy is always fix your weakest link, but are those, are Rafinha and Tony big enough problems to take you away from the potential game week upside of getting Ronaldo in for this match? The only thing that would throw me off would be if Ronaldo played 90 minutes in the champions league, uh, because then that would be three consecutive matches in in 10 days that he played 90 minutes in. And that would make me worried that he wouldn't play in the Norwich match this weekend. Um, And so then I might, you know, I mean, I don't want to be like fear-based, but I just want to be strategic about it. Right. It's like, if there's a chance that he's not going to play, I'd rather, I'd rather keep Kane for that match. I mean, but the thing is the thing, I mean, now we have to talk about Kane a little bit. You can't talk about Ronaldo without talking about Kane. Uh, He is so bad right now. I mean, it's like, I mean, he's doing good things that are helping Spurs win, but from a fantasy perspective, he is not, I feel like I always have to give that kind of context, right? We're talking about fantasy here. Like like these players are all world-class obviously. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, he is just not delivering and he looks like he looks injured. Honestly, either he's old or he's injured. I don't know what's going on, but he looks like he's lumbering out there, like way behind the attack. Like just a 28 year old acting like he's uh, like 40, like he's like, he's the age of Zlatan or something like that. Yeah. It looks like he's in like a rec league game, you know? And it's like, he's sort of like, it's not that he's not, he always tries hard. I mean, that's one of the reasons we all like Kane, right? Is that he's like, he, he always gives his best, but it just feels like he doesn't have it in him. And whether that's an emotional psychological thing. Like he just doesn't want to be there and he still feels kind of resentful that he is or what, I mean, I don't know. Like there's a photo of him, um, very happy with Davidson Sanchez, like excited for him when he scored that goal. So I don't don't think he's like just drifting through these matches or not caring, but you know, and, and by the end of the second half of that, that Norwich match today, he was just shooting from anywhere. It was just like, all right, I'm just going to keep shooting and shooting and shooting until finally I get lucky and one of these yeah. balls goes in. But it's just so painful to see Son just awesome, you know, on all the free <laughs> kicks, on all the corner kicks, uh, run all over the place, super involved in everything. I mean, I, I see some people talk about whether they want to drop Son to fund other moves. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, just hold on. Like, the, He is in like he's in really good form right now. Um, they've clearly everyone seems like they've jumped a level for Spurs except for Kane. And that makes me worry that it is more of a fitness or, or whatever. Like he's lost a little spread. I, I like, I don't know if we're in like the full, like Fernando Torres zone here where it's just like, he's just lost his legs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but that's it kind of feels that way a little bit. maybe. Yeah. And the festive period is not bad for Spurs. Brighton, uh, no center backs, as you said, Lester are terrible. 
And yeah. uh, Liverpool are going to throw a few people off in game week 18, but following that is Palace, Southampton, Watford, and then the yep. North London Derby uh, when we get back from the winter break. So it's Duffy and Webster, by the way, who are out for Brighton. So uh, Duffy has been an intermittent starter, but Vel- Veltman is probably still not not quite ready to play. Although he, I guess he played 77 minutes. So he did, he did get some minutes. Um, um, so it's, it, you know, but Webster, so, so maybe they're not going to be that they've got Dan Byrne. They've got, well, I see, I see dunk is, has an injury as well. He's got a complaint with his knee. Uh, Ben Dennery says picked up a knee injury at the back end of the game. Okay. He's not flagged on the site, but, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what, yeah, we'll see see what's happening there. I'm not sure it makes a difference though. I mean, if Kane can't score against Norwich or Brentford for that matter, (laughs) uh, and doesn't really even look honestly that close to scoring, then, uh, I mean, I, I, he had like one breakaway chance against Brentford. Didn't, didn't do much with it. I don't know if he had a single good chance. Uh, he, I mean, he, he had a shot from outside the box that, um, in today's match that, uh, Krull made a pretty good save on, but I mean, you know, it's a shot outside the box. Like those are, you know, it wasn't like he like went top bins, you know, it was, he just <laughs> rolled it, you know, and then Krull got there in time. So, um, I don't know. So, I mean, I, what do you just think about Kane right now? I mean, I feel like I've just talked like for endlessly about Kane. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I, no, I, I think it's, it's not good. It's not a good time to be a Kane owner and yeah, totally agree with the sun assessment. And, I, you know, we, we've been, we've been using terms like budget to describe these midfielders like Foden or Bernardo or Jota. They're not necessarily budget the way a lot of our teams are set up right now. So I think you need that money. Kane has got to go so you can buy some of these hot properties in the midfield. Or, or he moves to Ronaldo, right? That's one, one of the other, right? And so, right. The thing about the, th- the difference between Kane and Ronaldo is with Kane, I don't have any faith that he's going to like just totally figure it out. I mean, of course he could score a goal um, this Sunday. Like he, he can always score a goal, but, but it doesn't feel like he's um, the player that he used to be, at least from mm-hmm. a, from a fantasy perspective. And uh, Ronaldo, the concern was never that he looked old and slow. The concern was that the team wasn't mm-hmm. set up in a way where it all kind of you know, was cohesive and like they, they could all kind of help each other. Everybody got, you know, the ball. And I think he had the most shots in the match today, right? He didn't score a goal, but he, you know, so he's still, you know, he was heavily involved. And I don't think that, you know, I would, I would take today's result and, and read anything into it from a, you know, it does not turn me off Ronaldo that he didn't score in this, in this palace match. Um, and so, yeah, pa- palace had some heartbreakers recently, by the way, Brandon, lots of, yeah. uh, yeah, late, late, uh, yeah, but mostly late draws that turned into losses. I guess that was what happened mm-hmm. in the Leeds match too. Um, so yeah, so with Ronaldo, I have utmost faith that if you just give him the glimmer of an opportunity, he can score. Mm-hmm. And with Kane right now, I feel like give him the glimmer of opportunity, he probably still isn't scoring. And I guess that's really yeah. the big difference. Right. Okay. So uh, anything else we need to cover with Manchester United? Like I see this uh, further questions about. Their defense, FPL Donnie says, I've been so burnt by Shaw. I don't think I'll ever go back. But is Dallow cheap um, in a uh, in what could be a solid defense? I was I I'm thinking about De Gea um, even more than these defenders. I think Dallow is interesting because of that 4.4 price tag. But De Gea being a great shot stopper, you can cultivate some safe points. Etc. And if clean sheets yeah. are truly going to come for Manchester United, I feel like he's going to be, uh, you know, a Ramsdale like asset. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the the price is right. It's sort of I don't know how to feel about De Gea. Just the last couple of years, you know, just it, it's hard. I mean, this I, okay. You know what? This, this is, is like exactly you, you said the you said the buzzword, the buzz <laughs> yeah, phrase. It's, it's the perfect example of the clean slate thing. Uh, even this season, though, he's had some howlers, you know, uh, but he's also had some great moments. Um, and basically, he kept in the Manchester Derby when when the whole team was was collapsing. And so I think. I don't know. I don't mind it. I mean, you know, it's a little more than I want to spend on a keeper in general, I think, you know, but they're all getting expensive now. That's part of the problem is that I think, you know, Ramsdale is up to 4.9. He's actually, he's at five now. He's moved up to five. So Mm -hmm. he's actually exactly the same price as Ronaldo. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't mind it, I guess. I mean, you know, it's sort of, he'll, he'll always get saves, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's a watch list though. Donnie is the Manchester United defense. It's, it's a watch list. And, um, and, So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, all right. So yeah, then one last question, just, you know, on the cane front, I mean, other cane replacements, I think you kind of already got into this a minute ago, uh, which is basically you go Ronaldo or you go down to, um, you know, an Ollie Watkins, the forward spot is like you, you could consider it's going all the way down to Dennis, right. Or, Mm -hmm. or King and, and just saving, seven million uh and you know and then going five at the back i think that would be a reasonable way to go too i mean ronaldo's ownership is not going to get so high that if he goes off it's just going to crush you you know it's so i think you could especially if you had two transfers i kind of like that i mean i don't know so i think i mean like vardy for one week i wouldn't really advocate for that you know what about lukaku if he starts this weekend is that something you'd consider yeah not at the moment, not at the yeah. moment, because, yeah. um, you know, that is to go to go with the theme. I feel like we all got uh, drawn in by Lukaku's a new striker. He's stepped yeah. up a level in Syria and this is all going to come together. And it did not come together. So based on what we have seen this season, we're in the same situation that we are with not exactly the same situation as we are with Kane, but. I think that that overriding concern with Chelsea that there's just not going to be enough goals to be scored. And Mason Mount is super appealing because he will take a free kick and a corner kick and he will have the more more opportunities to connect on an FPL point where Lukaku, I feel like he's he's even competing for his spot at the moment. Yeah, I uh, didn't didn't really impress when he came on. Um, was it was it at halftime? I think it was at halftime. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really I'm not I'm not into that either. I mean, if they if their run was just beyond incredible, then maybe I'd consider it. But it's, it's you know, it's I mean, it is. I mean, in a couple of weeks, it gets pretty good. I mean, if, if you know, it's so like if you want Ronaldo and that just isn't working or you just it's kind of isn't delivered. I mean, like, let's say like Ragnick, just goes crazy defensive these first few weeks. Right. And it just seems like well, yeah. like Man United is not going to be blowing people away they do play Watford and Norwich in game weeks 18 and 20 so I guess the the I'm, I'm kind of with you I don't see Chelsea as a team that's ever going to be like just scoring five six goals a match it just isn't their style mm-hmm. right they're not they're not a Man City type team and so that does uh, depress the value of their attacking mm-hmm. assets a little bit uh it, that does however make me feel better about just sticking to my guns with my double up on Chelsea defenders though yeah yeah for sure just yeah. like those points will come. Don't get too frustrated. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, let's take a break, Brandon, and we'll talk a little bit about game week 16. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at LittletonCoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. All right, we're back. Game week 16, we talked a lot about players and, and until Mo Salah leaves for Africa, honestly, we're not going to talk about captains too much. So I have a new idea for how we're going to look at game week 16, Brandon, and it's three yeah. things. One is, number one, the weekend's key FPL watch. What is the most important FPL match this weekend outside of Liverpool? In some ways, actually, Liverpool is is less key at this point. Yeah. You have those three players that, that's going to match is actually very low impact from a fantasy perspective. It's not really going to affect yeah. your rank that much. Yeah, I um, guess it is yep. man, Manchester city hosting wolves. And just for mm-hmm. all the talk about uh, what's going on with all these exciting midfielders with, with city. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, and that it's, it's, it's almost less the watch. It's more, what's the lineup going to be? Um, yeah. So you know, watch, watch out for what city's midweek lineup is for the champions league. And that will hopefully instruct what we might see on Saturday. But I, I think for those of us, and, and I might be in this boat where I'm going to try to bide my time for one more week on whether I make a, a Bernardo move, I want to yeah. see what transpires in that Wolves match. I think that, I think you're probably right on that one. I think that Chelsea leads uh, could be an important match too, just because um, what, I don't know. I mean, just I, from my personal experience, Chelsea losing these clean sheets has had a pretty massive impact on my rank. You think everybody owns them, but with the with the Chilwell injury, it's it's gotten a little more mixed. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have just gotten off the, the double up, and and so um, that and and you know, if people still have Rafinha, I think that could be. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people will start him this week. I mean, as we talked about earlier, I may, he may just have to start for me, depending on whether I want to burn four or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because that's I mean, that's why we talked about the Champions League a little bit too. Is that Burning four when you don't even know if your Man City <laughs> player is going to start is just not yeah. a great spot to be in. And Rafinha no. could s- certainly score a goal in the break. We just saw, uh, you know, we just saw uh, West Ham do it three times. Uh, I mean, not necessarily on the break. We West Ham just, you know, builds up and and I, I guess I don't know. It was maybe one yeah. of them was on a break? I don't know. I mean, one of them was just kind of like a throw in that turned into a, a goal. But all right, so that's number one. Number two, Brandon is what is this weekend's pure watch? Okay, very yeah. low fantasy stakes. Yeah, I guess I guess it's funny to to say Liverpool is low fantasy stakes because that's where my only points come from. But I think Liverpool Aston Villa is a pure watch because all I really want to see is uh, just all the cutaways. It's just Steven Gerrard on the sideline and um, yeah. how how weird and meek he might look, or or how uh, egomaniacal he might look, and also how Aston Villa look against Liverpool because Aston yeah. Villa are um uh they they feel like they're they're re-energized over Gerard. So that should be a that should be a really fun match. I think the other one is maybe Palace Everton. It's it's sort of interesting to me that that's in the spotlight window. It's the final match on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um and I 
not going to be a ton of ownership kind of across the board there. I mean, you've got Connor Gallagher, but he just, he just dropped in price today. So he's sort of, that moment might be, might be passing. We've, we've a little turned bit. the page on Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. Three consecutive blanks for him. So, um, but that, that actually could be kind of a fun match. I, I love matches like that, where it's sort of two teams that are both between eight and 14 on mm-hmm. the table. You know, the, the, the usually in those matches that both teams just go for it. And so you yeah. up and get some kind of wild score lines. Yeah. Both teams in a slump and one of them is going to walk away, not in a slump anymore. Who will it be? Who will it be? I know. Let's see how Everton look tomorrow. I'm hoping they, like a little bit better. And then Brennan, this, this one could be tricky, you know, mm-hmm. but if you, if you're busy this weekend, you know, it's 20 hours of premier league matches, right. Or, you know, the 10 hour, t- 10 matches, all two hours each. What is this weekend's match that you would recommend people ignore? Oh, uh, definitely Lester Newcastle because, <laughs> um, nobody likes Newcastle right now and Lester are in miserable form. And, you know, Harvey Barnes is looking better and better. James Madison was was piquing some people's interest coming into this game week, but just like, don't. Don't do it. Stop doing it. Um, the, the wheels are coming off there at the moment. So I just think there's nothing that's going to come from that match. I think that um, Arsenal-Southampton, even though I'm an Arsenal supporter, I, that one probably is the one that I'm... I'm actually kind of interested in most of these matches. Uh, there's a lot of interest. I mean, maybe I guess Brighton Spurs. I'm not particularly interested in just maybe, but I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my cane baggage to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arsenal Southampton, that just feels like that's just so clearly going to be like a one nil, you know? And so yeah. it's just hard to get excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. We didn't talk about the Friday match, which I think will be a lot of fun. Brentford Watford. I think that could be a battle of the Fords, the battle of the Fords, Ford um, Derby. <laughs> yeah, who 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 did the assembly line better? That's what we're struggling to find out. This will be it's Mbomo versus Emmanuel Denis. Uh so I I think that that's I think Denis is going to get a lot of ownership over the next few days because of this uh Tony Covid case and Mbomo is probably going to come in smartly for some managers who think yeah. Mbomo is cheap easy cover for Tony uh, cuz he's going to be playing in the number 9. I like t- Tony COVID, by the way. It sounds like the worst Halloween costume ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is that is your that's your lot for this week. Thank you to everybody for listening to the pod. We will be back on Thursday with a preview pod for our Patreon supporters. If you want to become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Good luck this week. I think it's a tricky one. I would I would recommend people wait until Wednesday before making their decisions, though. Um, but Brendan, do you want to th- uh, thank our producer patrons? Oh, I'd love to. Big thanks to our producer patrons, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn. Andy, thanks for your patronage. Martin Savage, Brian T. DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chindler, Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoging, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue No Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sham, Sham Shower. Uh, that's Sam to you, everybody out there. Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shug Majoria, Rom Frosk, AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Hinos, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerly. This list sounds inordinately long this week, Josh. Alper Paxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Vulgar Pat, uh, Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, Managed by Lasso, James Keatley, Keegan Walsh, and the saint listen you support the podcast every time you click play and if you're not subscribed 
rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hell Cheaters. Our website is alwayscheating.com where you can find all this information and much more. We got a new logo coming soon, Brandon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yes, as well. that is exciting. We saw we saw the 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 rough sketches, the rough schematics of the new podcast yeah. artwork. That's exciting. It's exciting. All right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com